This is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. Hello, hello, and welcome to OK Outcast. This is your host, Brittany, and I have Chris with me. How you doing today, Chris? I am doing all right. It's been a crazy week, Brittany. I will tell you that. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I hear the legislature was uh, taking a couple days off this week, and uh, but they're still hoping to get done by tomorrow, maybe? Um. Yeah. Legally, they have to uh, by five o'clock. So they're, they got to get done. Um, but hey, can we take a little transition from the legislature to the greater legislature as defined by the Oklahoma Constitution, the people? Let's take what it to doing? the people because we got people power. Power the people don't stop, yeah. y'all. So, yeah, uh, 818, 819, they are rolling hot off the press right now. My fellow proponent, Jed, is over at the print shop getting those suckers printed out. And this process, when you try to go up against the forces that we did, and I'm not going to name anything because I don't know the legal implications if I did, but... uh, yeah, we went up against a huge machine and we got it to get all the way approved through the uh, Oklahoma Supreme Court, the AG's office, and the Secretary of State. It's no small feat. That is not. Two petitions. Uh, that's great to hear. So, 818, 819, these are the ones to basically untax medical while creating a new recreational uh, regime for cannabis. Um, eight, eight, which one's the one for medical and which one's the one for recreational? So 818 is the medical one. 819 is the uh, actual full legalization. and Via the Constitution. Uh, in the Constitution. And this is more than anything a uh, CJR thing. That's criminal justice reform. And I'm excited about it. Uh, we're using a very different methodology than you're supposed to use during the circulation of a constitutional initiative petition. But I am pretty sure we might just pull it off. Well, that is fantastic news. Well, what day do you get to start collecting signatures? Oh, that that was uh, yesterday. Oh, so so signatures are live and people are out collecting now. Uh, That is correct. We're as I say, we're doing it differently. If you want to sign the petition, go to your local dispensary, grower, processor. distribution uh, place and you're going to be able to sign the petition there. We're not doing the thing where we go to concerts and stuff like that. Now, if we have volunteers that want to do that, that's cool. But I really recommend that 
if you are interested in this effort, and I hope a lot of people in Oklahoma are, is that you check us out. If you want to Google Oklahoma Orca, O-R-C-A, like the whale, uh, that will take you to Oklahomans for Responsible Cannabis Action website, right at the top of Google. It's beautiful. And uh, Okay, and now, so, will there be a way for people to, like, print petitions and be able to go out and collect signatures themselves with any kind of, you know, training or direction on how to do that properly? Uh as far as the training, yes. As far as printing the petitions, absolutely not. Uh, the petitions must be printed from the PDF that is approved by the Secretary of State, then printed by your approved printer, and then tested by their vendor, which uh, will get back to the SOS, which will get back to you. Okay, but so so you, physical petition forms would have to be retrieved from Orca directly. Um, yes, you're going to need to go to, to a distribution center. We're working on those. Um, right now, our main focus is getting the petitions out to the dispensaries, because then you can walk in, get your cannabis, and uh, have uh, you know, sign the petitions and go on about your day. Now, if you want some training on if you want to get a petition yourself, um, there is a video put out by the Secretary of State that we have on our website, the aforementioned orcaok.com um, and you will be able to see everything you need to know about how to circulate and uh, it's uh, hosted by your friend and mine Andrew Spino I know you'll love him <laughs> fair enough <laughs> well hey glad to hear of that um, I'm but you do want to cover the Oklahoma legislature because, yeah, I've talked about weed for long enough. Well, yeah, but I so, do want to just say congrats on making it through all the steps and, you know, good luck on getting the signatures. And I hope anyone interested in seeing recreational cannabis in Oklahoma that's protected by the state constitution, make sure you're getting out there and uh, signing these petitions for 818 and 819. I echo that sentiment more than completely. It's taken us a year to get to this point. But moving, swift, <laughs> moving swiftly forward, um, Representative Scott Fettgetter said in response to how is this legislative going, legislative, uh, legislative session going, said on the floor of the Oklahoma State House, Paradise by the dashboard light. And uh, Brittany, you know who that song is about or by? Uh, was, is that the famous Meatloaf song? It is indeed. And do you know what it's about? Um, having sex in a car? <laughs> yes, people fucking each other. 
Woo! Which was Mr. Fetgetter's point. (laughs) So moving swiftly on, the governor has until midnight tonight to sign or veto all the bills the legislature sent him last week, including the state budget bills. The House and Senate can override these vetoes before regular session ends tomorrow at five. Well, where are we have, ha, hearing any predictions on where the governor's going to go or if he's going to tell us what way he's going to go? Actually, there is. Uh, he is having a press conference today. And, and that today will... is, to be clear to our audience who may not be listening today, it's uh, Thursday, May 26th. Yes. So... He can uh, go ahead and uh, take those actions. Now, there is concurrent slash special session up on the table. Uh, That's not all, folks. For you Gen Xers out there, that means the Looney Tunes are not over. The House and Senate will make moves over the next two days to send some bills to conference committee where they will be set until the legislature appears, uh, sorry, approves projects uh, to receive the ARPA. And that is brought to you by the American Rescue Plan Act. Uh, I wish that was our sponsor. It's not, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so and it, if, if I If I understand kind of part of what's going on, is there some concern that the governor will try to reappropriate some of the ARPA rescue plan funds to his own pet projects if he does not want to go by the state budget that they're passing? Actually, the legislature gave him a a little bit of a treat because they gave him um, (laughs) also the pro tem, but (laughs) um, yeah, they gave him $1.2 million, but he wanted a bigger cut of the billion-dollar pie. They gave him $1.2 million to play around with, and he wanted all of it. Now, Interesting. You're familiar? Yes. So uh, that's the fight. And I mean, he, he, might, he might have we, some more of the Swadley's family he needs to pay off, so who knows? <laughs> yes, he, he he certainly does. And for those of you who are just now tuning in, the Swadley's family has a series of restaurants across state parks in Oklahoma. And they've just been swindling them blind. So yeah. and I believe that, that contract has now been canceled by the state and is now under litigation. Yay! <laughs> well, I mean... The state settled for $3 million, so they didn't exactly lose out. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Swad- Swadley's <laughs> didn't lose anything in the deal. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to get ripped off and eat shitty barbecue, go to Swadley's. Swadley's. <laughs> swindling the state, swindling you, and shitty barbecue. That's their motto. 
<laughs> well, we can kiss that sponsorship goodbye. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, I don't think they need it. They have the lieutenant governor. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, we play, people. We play. And so, anyhow, that's state politics. So, so signy die, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. We're going to find out some more uh, later on this afternoon. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, listeners, maybe uh, maybe the governor will have given us a clue. No, signy die will happen at 5 o'clock tomorrow. It has to. Yeah, but, the you know, is it really signy die if they end up doing some kind of concurrent session or something? I mean, they're... We know that the rules are what the are what the majority says they are. So, <laughs> uh, for the most part, that yeah. one's written in the Constitution. But uh, let's turn it over to. Um, do you want to do lighter topics or federal stuff, or what do you want to do? Well, let's go ahead and just touch in briefly on some national topics. I mean, we all know. I'm sure the national topic of the day is revolving around guns and the the massacre of school children in Uvalde, Texas. Um, You know, there's not a whole lot we can say on here that's not already being said all over every show, every political talk show, every social media post. Um, But I do just want to say, you know, to, to anybody trying to say, don't politicize this, well, there's no choice but to politicize this because this one can be directly traced back to political action on behalf of uh, Governor Abbott and the Texas Republicans who didn't just think it was enough to, you know, have Texas, you know, already have, you know, more guns than anyone in the country. They decided last year to reduce the age to buy rifles down to 18 from 21 and that law went into effect in september and without that change in texas law this massacre would not have happened um the shooter in this case was 18 years old and just turned 18 at the beginning of this month and he bought these rifles within a few days of his birthday Um, And he was able to buy them without any kind of licensing or training, no requirements of any kind. And because Texas's constitutional carry law, you know, he was now able to purchase weapons he previously would not have been able to. So there is a direct line here from public policy and what happened. And so... I don't know all the answers or what specific policy we need nationally, but to say that, you know, policy didn't impact this is just false. Well, we've been in a heated debate about this earlier today when we were kind of discussing the content of this podcast today. And yes, by the way, folks, we do do some pre-production, but... Uh, there were a couple of different issues that came up and one of them was people using and 
was myself included when we were planning this out, making comparisons to the issue of gun violence and another political issue. And Brittany, you and I disagree on this, and that's okay, right? Yeah, that's fine. Um, and and frankly, though, I think after our discussion, I I might be a little more around to you on on your points. Um, probably somewhere between both of our positions. <laughs> well, yeah, you brought me a little more to your side, and we I mean we have to think of gun violence in a larger context, and uh, and I don't mean to come across as cold by this, listeners. It's. Uh, it's, it's part of a larger problem. Is mental health involved? Absolutely. But are, uh, I mean, read the Second Amendment. It's one sentence. Uh, and it begins with a well-regulated militia. Well-regulated. Not anybody can have guns all the time. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the shortest Mm. and easiest to read amendments. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, Now, it's not super clear on, you know, what, what all it means by the right of the people to keep and bear arms. They didn't say the right of individual persons, per se, Um, But it's very clear from the very opening clause of the Second Amendment that regulation was to be intended. (laughs) A well-regulated militia. Um, So the idea that any kind of gun regulation is an attack on the Second Amendment, that's just rhetorically false. The Second Amendment always, always included the idea of regulation. Well, didn't uh, conservative Justice Berger say as much? Yeah, and uh, that's gl- glad you pointed that out. There's a, a video clip that is going around social media. Um, Justice Chief Justice Warren Berger of the Supreme Court uh, was a uh, Republican appointee. Um, he gave an interview in 1991 uh, saying that the... Um, that the interest groups pushing the idea that um, that gun ownership was an individual right and that no regulation could happen and be consistent with the Second Amendment was one of the biggest frauds perpetrated on the American people. Um, so, like, he thought this was a very big issue and a very big problem. And so that that's a conservative Supreme Court justice. This is not somebody trying to interpret this in favor of the liberals. Um, no, well-regulated militia was always supposed to be part of it. Um, but unfortunately, Justice Berger's view lost out in the end. And in the 2008 uh, decision uh, by the Supreme Court in Heller, um, they ruled that it is an individual right, and it has made uh, real regulation even harder in America uh, because of that. Well, in that we've had technical difficulties and probably have to have a little bit of a shorter podcast than usual, I think you need to talk about race cars. Woo! 
Ooh, yeah, let's talk about some race cars. It's Indy 500 week, y'all. Um, it's one of my best favorite times of the year. It's almost like Christmas for me. Um, I'm a racing nerd. Um, this is going to be an amazing race this year, though. I uh, watch it on NBC. Uh, the green flag will fly at about 11.45 a.m. Central on the big NBC. Um, watch it if you can. I think you'll you'll get something new out of it. Uh, it's going to be fast. This is the fastest field in Indy 500 history in 106 runnings. Uh, average speed for the entire field uh, of 231 miles an hour for all 33 cars average of their qualifying runs. And we have the fastest pole sitter in history, Scott Dixon, one of the all-time IndyCar greats, 42-year-old driver, laid down a four-lap average of 234 miles an hour uh, to take the pole position for this race. First one to get a pole position in the 234-mile-an-hour range. I didn't see these record speeds coming. Um, honestly, the cars have gotten a little heavier in recent years since they added some additional driver protection in the aero screen. Um, so I thought the cars would not quite be up to record pace, but the engine manufacturers, Chevy and Honda, really brought it this year, and we got, got a fast, fun race ahead of us. If you're not first, you're last. Shake and bake, Ooh, baby. Shake and bake. <laughs> Shake and bake. <laughs> that's that's all I had to add to the conversation. Unless you want to talk about the ponies, um, then... Well, when's the next yeah, pony race? Uh, the, the Kentucky Derby was recently, and that's uh, only one one jewel in the Triple Crown. When are the other two? I don't have the dates in front of me. I, I don't bet that much anymore, but I do bet sometimes, and I may <laughs> bet. Uh, uh, it, you know, it just depends. It's it's when I'm feeling it. Does but, does Remington Park have sports betting? Uh, you know I can't answer. I don't think so. They do have because uh, I thought they added an off-track the, betting site there that like you can bet on other stuff there now. Uh, I mean, there, there's always been OTB at Remington. Okay. Uh, where you can bet on other tracks. I don't know that you can bet on other sports besides horse racing. I'm going to look uh, into it because I think I think I may want to put some money down on the Indy 500 this year. I think um, I just might. Well, I'll look into it for you, and I definitely won't facilitate any of that because that <laughs> would be illegal. And we don't do illegal things on this podcast. No, you never. You can go play... You can play with balls and dice now if you want to at uh, Remington Park. I would definitely like you guys to Hey, did, so they have the real roulette tables there now? Yeah. Like not just the electronic version? That's cool. Okay, yeah. now now you're convincing me that maybe, maybe I need to get the hubby uh, to go back into a casino soon. That's one of the only things he'll actually do. <laughs> okay well um my wife and i my wife and i will meet you there 
Okay, that was terrible. I'm sorry, audience. I apologize. Oh, come on. A little Borat reference here and there is good. <laughs> it's fun. So anyhow, um, we're going to head out to uh, the northwest portion of Oklahoma and visit the in-laws and uh, check out Roman Nose Park again. It's one of our favorites. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, you guys yeah. going to travel anytime soon? You know, we're talking about going to Muskogee maybe this weekend for a Renaissance Festival. So oh, um, nice. that may be my Saturday lead-in to my Sunday Indy 500 indulgence. Um, so yeah, if, if anybody's interested, maybe you might see me out and about Saturday afternoon in Muskogee. Uh, if you do see me, feel free to come up and say hello. Glad, be glad to talk to you. And if you need any emergency advice, Brittany, about the Silmarillion while you're at the Renaissance Fair or Festival, uh, call me. Because I am the biggest nerd you know. Within got got the... you on speed dial, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. If, if, if you need to know about Lord of the Rings, listeners, please give me some questions. I love it. What are the origins of the wizards? Who were the blue wizards? You where know, did they may, go? maybe we'll have a future episode where you link something from Lord of the Rings to a current political scenario. I think that would be fun. Oh, I could do that now, but I think we're out of time. Yeah, we are running about out of time. It's a Memorial Day weekend coming up. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world, but we aren't going to fix it if we don't also relax and take care of ourselves in the meantime. So rest up. Let's get ready to fight and make sure... We elect people who are ready to solve our real problems, not, you know, protecting kids from trans people in bathrooms, but maybe protecting them from, like, the real dangers they face. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> Absolutely. And Gandalf was a diplomat. He was a diplomat. That's true. And on that bombshell, right, everybody... Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. See y'all next week. Twitters.